When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Romance of the coconut. Romance, schmomance. The thing is, is the coconut, or coconut oil more particularly, really going to change my life? Hi, I'm Carol Hirschfeld. Now, I love the idea of work-life balance, but to be frank, I am way off the pace. My reality might be just a bit like yours. I've got too much on all of the time. I'm always looking for those life hacks, and if I hear something is good for me, I am buying, often without really looking into it. That's where this podcast, Healthy or Hoax, comes in. We've done the hard work for you and condensed it into 20 minutes to fit into your own busy schedule. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to the first episode of Healthy or Hoax. I'm really thrilled to bring you this new series. Over the next six episodes, we'll be delving into the latest fads in health, fitness and nutrition to see what all the fuss is about and whether there's any evidence to back up all the hype. Today, coconut oil. For a great many years now, New Zealand and Auckland in particular has been importing from the islands vast quantities of copra, that hard kernel of the coconut which was called in the past the lifeblood of the islands. But what happens to it all? What is it made into? Well, that clip is from the 1950s and is proof coconut oil has been around for ages, used mainly for making margarine and cosmetic products. But the opaque, solidified fat you've probably noticed taking up more and more shelf space in your supermarket and maybe even in your own pantry, I've got two jars in mine, seems to have had a recent surge in popularity. A quick internet search will have you thinking it's a true wonder oil, which can beat Alzheimer's, cure a kidney infection and even lower blood pressure. Well, with tongue firmly in cheek, here's how New Yorker magazine writer Shiroko Dunlap sums up the miraculous effects of coconut oil. Coconut oil changed my life. I had heard that coconut oil was a natural wonder, and I'm all for anything that doesn't contain gluten, but I couldn't have known how big an impact this little oil would have on me. One night, while simultaneously drinking and bathing in a vat of coconut oil, I opened my eyes. What do you think happened? Did coconut oil get in my eyes? Yes. Was it extremely painful? Yes, again. Did it make my vision superhuman? You nailed it. Within seconds, I was able to see three galaxies away to a planet named Gahu. Yep, I think Shiroko quite nicely captures the OTT vibe of hardline coconut oil advocates there. Whether the superfood claims hold true or not, it does seem a ton of us are buying into the coconut oil dream. Foodstuffs and Countdown Supermarkets had a 15% year-on-year increase in sales of coconut oil, raking in $7 million annually. Food writer Nikki Bizant has been fascinated with that spike. It's interesting because to me it's a triumph of marketing. 
It really is. It, it's you know, if you as you say, when you search online, like this this product, according to the marketers of the product, can do everything from you know helping you lose weight to curing cancer just about. It's a miracle food. And in fact, the, the, the hype is so good that it's one of those ones where I have to keep going back and checking. Like we'll, I'll often, in the course of my work, uh, see more and more stuff about coconut oil. And I actually have several times in the past few years gone back to the oil experts that I know and said, listen, is there new evidence around coconut oil? Because it seems like it's so much, it's, it's growing so much. And the answer still is no. It is pretty outrageous, the claims, aren't they? Um, Some of them are, yeah. You know, you know dental health improved through People swishing out oil. their mouths with coconut oil. Yeah, yeah, there's that. And there's people taking spoonfuls of it literally every day for um, weight loss. It's, you know, it's supposed to melt away the fat, that kind of thing. What a dream. I know. Wouldn't it be great if it were true? So the evidence seems to be, and this is me summarising things that I have learned from different experts, uh, is that it's slightly better than butter, but not by any means a health food. Uh, this is a plant fat, of course, so it's a little bit of an exception to the rule around saturated fat because it, it, we say, you know, try and limit your, your fat from animals. Coconut oil is a plant fat, but unlike the other plant fats, it's mostly saturated. It's a bit like palm oil. So, so be sparing with it and treat it the way that you would treat butter. And how would you use it yourself, Nikki? I wouldn't really. Uh, it's not it's not a fat that I particularly love the flavour of. I, where it can be quite good, I think, is in some potentially in some of those uh, raw uh, sweet treats because it's solid at room temperature and it goes solid when you refrigerate it. It can hold things together. <laughs> yeah, good point, Nikki. Nothing worse than food that crumbles before you can even get it in your mouth. Now we'll be talking to Nikki throughout this series to get her take on several other on-trend food crazes. Another thing we'll be doing each episode is having one of my colleagues conduct a completely non-scientific test on the topic of the week. And yes, even I'll be a human guinea pig for the greater good on the odd occasion. So this episode, our producer Kate Pereira-Garcia spent three weeks eating coconut oil to see if it would make any difference to her health. She checked in ahead of the experiment. So I've just paid to have my cholesterol tested in a central Wellington clinic, uh, about 50 bucks later, uh, and a jab with a needle, which is not my favourite thing to do, but there you go, uh, all in the name of good journalism, so should have the results in two to three days. Welcome to my bathroom, and as part of my coconut eating, I thought it might be a good idea to not only get my cholesterol tested, but to check my weight at the beginning and end. Alright, so I've got it. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is, but I will tell you if there's any change. Okay, so I've just walked into New World to buy some coconut oil. Not sure where it is. Aisle 6 oils. Here we go, olive oil. There's a lot of olive oil. Canola oil, rice bran oil, coconut oil. $12. $12 for a litre. Pams. $5.79 for 400 grams. What's the difference? That'll do. Try that. We'll catch up with Kate again later to see how she's getting on. Time now to hear what the experts have to say. And there's a lot they don't agree on but some they do. 
Dr Lawrence Hayes is a scientist and consultant and long-time advisor to the Heart Foundation. About three years ago, he helped them conduct a major review of studies involving coconut oil. We did not find one, and, and this is a term in the science literature, peer-reviewed study that showed there was any beneficial action of coconut oil. And that the claims for curing Alzheimer's or cancer or what have you were based on marketing hype uh, and had no foundation. Having said that, on the, on the other side, um, a good study at Otago University showed that coconut oil wasn't as extreme as butterfat in raising cholesterol levels. The fact of the matter is, and this is a statement from the American Heart Association and Otago Medical School and various people who are scientists, is that if you're eating a diet high in saturated fat and you replace a proportion of that with unsaturated fats like olive oil or um, uh, canola oil, you suffer a reduction in risk or you, you incur a reduction in risk. Now, I have to stop, Lawrence, here. Remember that comment because we'll come back to it in a bit. It's part of the disagreement about whether or not saturated fat puts you at a higher risk of heart disease. A lot of the claims about coconut oil are based on the idea it's high in what's called lauric acid. Chemically, you could describe lauric acid, which makes up 47% of coconut oil, as a medium-chain fatty acid. Technically, you could do. However, when you make it up into what's called glycerides, it is not a medium-chain triglyceride. It's quite hard for a, a non-chemical person to understand, but chemically, you can do that. But a lot of the claims that they made, they compare it with a product called medium-chain triglycerides. That's about as different to coconut oil as chalk is to cheese. Medium-chain triglycerides have been around about 70 years. They're a synthetic oil made from, yes, sourced from coconut oil or palm kernel oil. And you make the fatty acids, you distill them, you get the very shorter and medium-chain fatty acids, and you turn them back into fat. And they're quite different. They've got, they behave more like carbohydrates, and they absorb directly, not via the liver. And to base any claims for coconut oil that people have written about in the literature on medium-chain triglycerides is erroneous and misleading and slightly unethical. So let's break that down, something I have to do quite often because I'm not that scientific. Basically, coconut oil is not a medium-chain fatty acid, so the claims based on it being one are baloney. Even though I've sort of not criticised coconut oil, but sort of put it in its place, I used to make coconut oil when I was working in an edible oil company. We used to sell uh, refined and deodorised coconut oil to the cosmetic industry. So it's been used for many years. It is nice on the skin. It doesn't oxidise. It doesn't go smelly. No problem there. It, I don't think it's got magical properties. I think it's, um, it's a nice emollient. In other words, it adds, adds a little bit of liquid oil to your skin and um, stops it cracking and um, hopefully delays the ravages of age. I did joke with Nikki earlier that maybe we'd be better off slapping coconut oil on our thighs as moisturiser rather than eating it. And it seems Lawrence agrees. He also reckons if you're a young, healthy, active person, having some now and then won't do any harm. But he warns anyone with heart problems or trying to lose weight should avoid it. 
With that, I want to introduce AUT Professor of Public Health, Grant Schofield. Grant is a high-fat guy. He believes the claims around needing to avoid unsaturated fat are wrong. I think you can eat coconut oil as part of a healthy diet. There's not evidence that that's going to increase your risk of heart disease. And it runs back to this idea that um, eating butter and saturated fat and, and other fats raises your LDL cholesterol. In some studies, LDL cholesterol is associated with more um, heart disease. So A causes B, B is associated with C, so therefore A must cause C. And if you reduce A, you'd definitely reduce C. This doesn't pan out that way. So there's no reason not to eat it, to sort of actively avoid it. So then the question is on the other side, is there, is there a reason to actively seek out coconut oil? And I can, think of, I can think of a couple where it could be useful. It's a really stable oil when you heat it up, so it doesn't oxidise and break up at high heat. So it's, it's, if you happen to want to fry food without destroying and oxidising the oils that you cook in, um, it can be useful for that. That doesn't mean it is a wonder food. Um, the second reason is people, some reason, might like the taste. Um, so that, that's good. But as far as it goes is preventing cancer, Alzheimer's, blah, blah. I mean, the evidence just isn't in there. It's conceivable that coconut oil could have some effect on the brain. Some of the fatty acids there are easily um, able to be used for fuel uh, through a number of pathways and ketones in the brain. But, you know, that work just hasn't been done. If you're adding coconut oil to your um, sugar and chips and refined carbohydrates, then you've just got a high-fat high sugar, high carb diet and no one thinks that's going to be good for you. So that's the sort of whole standard American diet. On the other hand, if you're eating a diet high in uh, whole foods, food that's low in human interference, in other words it was food that was recently running around in nature or growing in the ground or on trees, then adding coconut oil would be a perfectly safe way to go with certainly no evidence of harming you. Does it, does it provide some sort of superhuman benefits? I don't think it probably will. So two schools of thought among the experts. A bit confusing, I find. To help explain things further, I've roped in Belinda Castles, food and health writer for Consumer. She's spent years reading labels and studying research to be able to weed out the truth from the marketing chaff. So it's a traditional food. It's you know got that sort of unprocessed image. People have been using it for thousands of years. But you need to consider that when these traditional cultures used it, their diets were very different. So they were eating a lot of unprocessed foods. They were potentially doing a lot more exercise. They weren't eating a typical Western diet that's high in other saturated fats like, you know, butter and cheese and takeaways. So it's sort of taken out of context because people are eating it in a different whole diet. Let's look at some of these superfood claims around coconut oil. I mean, can it help you lose weight? No, we haven't seen any evidence that it can help you lose weight. What about leading to a healthier heart? I mean, can eating coconut oil on a regular basis actually help your heart? No, well, it can't help your heart health because it's high in saturated fat. I love the claim that it might be good for your teeth. Is there any truth in this at all? We thought we'd ask the Dental Association whether there was any evidence to support this, and they basically said it's false. So, in your view, what, what is coconut oil good for? Well, coconut oil, it's, it's not bad. It has its place. It's got a great taste profile, especially when you're cooking, you know, curries and other sort of Asian-inspired dishes, but it shouldn't be your sole source of cooking oil. It's much better to use a plant-based oil for your predominant cooking and keep the coconut oil when you want that want that taste flavour. 
Now we're starting to get a fuller picture about the benefits or not of coconut oil, let's check in with our producer Kate to see how she's got on eating the stuff for three weeks. As promised earlier on, I am here to check my weight at the end of this coconut oil experiment. And it's exactly the same. Hasn't changed by a gram. So no dramatic weight loss, but what about Kate's cholesterol? She went back to have another blood test. Have you done it before? Yes. Okay. Okay, let's have a look at your arms. Can I use this one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, nice and straight for me, and close your fist. So, sharp scratch. You are good? Yeah. Just not looking. I don't yeah. like needles. Just slowly open your fist. Nearly done. There we go. Okay. Lots of pressure. Yes. Good. I'm here with Dr. Richard Medlicott, who is a general practitioner uh, in Wellington, but also the um, medical director at the Royal College. The general practitioners. practitioners. Yes. So I've been eating coconut oil. Does it taste good? Not really. No, no. No. It was it was okay in certain things, but I got quite sick of it because everything tastes like coconut. Um, I got my cholesterol tested in the beginning, and I was a little bit surprised with the results. Really. Uh -huh. um, here they are here. Because I, I just it seemed like so my overall cholesterol was four point eight. Yeah. And I think they recommended is below four, which yeah. is quite high. Sure. Now that's uh, that's. An interesting observation, when you get the results, often it says, uh, you know, it should be ideally below four and a half or below four, but that's really referring to people who already have had a heart attack or a stroke, so people who are, who are at high risk. Oh. For the general population, 4.8 is great. Okay. It's fine. In fact, in <laughs> yeah. fact, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. It's all really good. And to put it into context, you know, the targets keep on getting lower. More and more studies show, or oh, the lower your cholesterol goes, mainly if you've had a heart attack and or a stroke, the better. And so the guidelines keep on pushing it lower, which gets a little bit tricky as a GP because sometimes to attain those those targets for people who have had a heart attack, you need to up their medications. They've got to be doing a marathon every second day. When I started as a doctor, you know, a number of years ago, the ad for Zocor, that was the statin back then, uh, the ad for it was strive for five point five. Oh, right. So, you know, the, 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 yeah, the targets have shifted a lot. Because one of the important, really important things to focus on around cholesterol is it's only one risk factor for heart disease and strokes and other diseases of arteries over many years. So what we look at is your overall risk factoring and the other risk factors like your gender, your ethnicity, whether you smoke, whether you've got a bad family history of heart disease, your blood pressure, and your cholesterol. So I'm not even going to put it in a calculator, a risk calculator. It's going to come up with your five-year risk of having a heart attack or stroke is going to be less than 1%. Thank goodness. I've yeah. never thought about having a heart attack. Yeah, well, look, it does <laughs> happen. when you actually start doing the tests, you start worrying. So I went back and got my cholesterol tested. Yep. I haven't looked at the results yet. Well, let's have a look. It has changed for the worse. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Significantly? Well, Quite yeah, a lot. yeah, I reckon that's significant. Your total cholesterol's gone up from 4.8 to 
So yeah, myth busted, I would say, on a trial of one. You know, it's not hard, rigorous science, but not it's not... It's... I'm really shocked. Yeah, I, I... it's pretty bad, isn't it? So sorry to be the bearer of bad news, guys, but it seems this one is a bit of a hoax. Basically, coconut oil isn't necessarily bad for you, but there is certainly no evidence that it's going to help you melt away the kilos, prevent cancer or Alzheimer's. Having said that, if you're on a high-fat diet or you need the energy and you like the taste, it doesn't appear coconut oil will do you too much harm. But its failure to live up to the more extreme claims sees us giving coconut oil two out of five stars with a bonus point for taste. That's us for this week. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in next time when I climb on a bike for some high-intensity interval training. In the meantime, stay healthy. Healthy or Hoax is presented by Carol Hirschfeld and produced by Kate Pereira-Garcia. You can subscribe to it or a range of other RNZ podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us when you're there. It really helps. And if you enjoyed this show, perhaps you'd like to try RNZ's weekly science podcast, Our Changing World. Check it out. But for now, thanks for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.